Hi, thanks for listening to C3 Hobart Online. If this message impacts you in any way, please don't hesitate to contact us. Thanks for listening. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you. Turn to your neighbour and tell them you're going to get more than your money's worth. And then make yourselves comfortable. Take your seats. Thank you, worship team. Awesome. Actually, before you go, sister worship leader, what's your name? Stevie? Have we met before? Kind of, but not really. Look, all I want to say is that you have one of the purest, weightiest. Honestly, you. And I, I'm always reluctant to say you've got one of the best because it kind of infers a pecking order and a hierarchy. And but really, what you carry, Stevie, there's something just very pure and very weighty. And. When someone carries something weighty, I know they've been through some stuff. When someone carries, because, you know, the anointing only comes through the crushing. I always know when someone's carrying something, they've suffered. And I know you've been through some suffering. And God wants you to know that it's actually something new in the unseen realm, in the spirit realm, that you are, as it were, reaching for. You're frustrated with where you've been at, and it's for a reason, because it's drawing. Deep calls under deep, and it's like God is calling you into this deeper place so you can lead us into a deeper place. And so God says, don't fear, don't be concerned, though it looks like things are kind of blown apart. God is in control, yeah, because he's getting you ready for the new thing. And I don't use that word flippantly, like, yeah, it's a new day. Yeah, it's a new thing. We can get, become a bit inoculated to the new, the new, the new. But really, there is something new that God's leading you into. And healing is happening so you can bring healing to others. In Jesus' name, amen. Bless you. I really appreciate your ministry. God bless you guys. This bloke here could pass as my husband's brother. You look so much like him. <laughs> What's your name? Andrew, you'll see, you'll see him in a moment. I'm going to whack Speedy up there on the screen. Anyway, okay, that's done. Hello. How you going, people? So great to be here. Big thank you to Pastor Sean and Morella. I'm, I'm so excited. I never, I've never been here. I've been to Hobart, but not for a long time, and I haven't been here. And I have to be honest, there's a lot more of you than I envisaged. Hey, you're a decent-sized church. This is really good on you. Hey, this is really exciting. Um, so how many of you have never heard me, never heard of me? Imagine there'd be a few of you because I've never been here. Lovely to meet you. Just so you can uh, relate to me as a person and not just as a preacher. Uh, don't be fooled by the Simpson name. I have Italian blood in these veins. So in fact, I'm noticing a theme for a quick, a quick week because I'm a Perth girl originally and you've got the Corellos coming who are also Perth people. Also Italians. So God's kind of releasing the mafia spirit here at C3 Hobart this week. Not sure what he wants to equip you in, but you've got, you've got three fiery Italians. Uh, and actual fact, I've known that couple for a lot longer than any of us were in C3. So I can absolutely vouch for, you know, their, their ministry and their, their hearts. They are great people. And so... Uh, I've been in full-time ministry since 1992. Uh, my background was HR, staff training, 
And I knew I had the call of God in my life, but I was a part of a denomination that didn't let women do this. So I thought I was going to be a pastor's wife. I thought, no, one's, no one, no one is letting me preach. Surely I'm going to marry a pastor and he's going to have to let me. I thought that was the way it was going to work out. Uh, but it's not the way it's worked out. So I've been traveling, really. My, my ministry is primarily to the nations. So I get to visit some interesting places. And I'm married. I was a late bloomer. I didn't get married to my early 40s. To, yeah, it brings hope to every single woman over the age of 35. So I was, uh, I was 43 and I married a younger man. So I'm the queen cougar of the Church of Jesus Christ in Australia. Actually, I married a guy from Tassie. I met him in Launceston. I married a boy from Lonnie. And I have a confession. Any people from Lonnie here? Yeah, God bless you. Because I used to say, please forgive me. I used to say there was something good in every part of Australia except Launceston. I'm sorry. <laughs> I know you can boo me. I, it's deserving. Uh, and, and wouldn't you know it, I happened to meet my husband in Lonnie. So, uh, so I'd like to, to introduce you to him. So let's meet Damien Simpson. Sexy leg Simpson. Uh, now, I married an architect. And I thought, awesome, because as a woman who had lived by faith for many years, I thought, I'm never going to have another financial care in the world. This is fantastic. And about five years ago, he basically put the architecture on the back burner, made that his second gig and made this his first gig. So my husband's a long distance runner. People say, oh, is there money in running? No. <laughs> you do not run for the money. Uh, you run for the love of it. And as someone who started in his late 30s, he's uh, really done incredibly well. He's one of the fastest uh, 10K runners in New South Wales and uh, currently training for the Melbourne Marathon, which means a lot of training. People say, oh, Vicky, do you run? I say, yeah, yeah, I run to the, the cafe, get a coffee, wait for him at the finish line. That's what I do. That's the extent of my running. So there he is, my husband, Damien. Okay, thank you, Lord. Let me see, where's my clock? What am I looking at? Down there, up here? I was told there was something around here. A thing there. Okay, oh, yeah, we've got a decent amount of time. Can't quite usher in the second coming, but we can do some good stuff in the time that we have. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you right now that your word is alive, living, active, sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you for the open heaven here today. I thank you for open hearts. Lord, I don't know everyone here this morning by name, but you do. And I don't know what everyone's going through, but you do. And I love how you can take what I say and speak it to each person right where they're at. That, Lord, it's not even about what I say, it's what you do with what I say. And Lord, I pray, let my tongue be the pen of a ready writer today and write, Lord God, on the hearts of your people exactly what they need to hear. So Holy Spirit, I pray, have your way and have your say in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to move. Actually, brother, whoever it was who moved my... Do you mind just whacking this to the other side? Only because I'm right-handed so I don't have to cross over. Here we go. Cross over. I'm not talking about like Jonathan Edward crossing over, just for the record. 
I don't talk to dead people, spirit guides, nothing like that, okay? Just from the Holy Spirit. I want to talk about faith this morning. Because I have a feeling that some of you have had the faith stuffing knocked out of you. I have a feeling that some of you are here this morning and you are holding on by your fingertips. That you are here today because of something called faithfulness. But if you were, if you were honest, you would admit that, that this whole thing of believing is really, is really a struggle. That this whole thing of believing is really something that you have been battling with, grappling with. And so I, <laughs> you're on the phone to Jesus, Dale. What? Well, you're all good? I have, I have a confession to make. I have really low attention span. I have a short attention span. I went to the psychologist and he said it was about 10 minutes. My husband said, what, that long? <laughs> so as soon as something starts, I'm going to be... And I'll probably be in on the conversation. So I'm just warning you all. I'm going to take the jacket off. I'm getting, I'm getting serious now. Okay, here we go. Be touched by the mantle. <laughs> at that point, you're meant to, oh. And so all of us at some stage or another are going to be tested in the area of our faith, in the area of our believing. And I feel this morning God wants to replenish you in your believing. God wants to bring a fresh infusion of faith to people here this morning. And it may be faith, but not as you've known it. And I don't want you to throw, as it were, everything that you've ever known about faith out the window. But I do want you to be open to maybe a different understanding. And of course, we're going to be looking at the Word of God. This is not the, the doctrine according to Vicky. This is not the gospel according to Vicky. What is the Word of God have to say about faith. Let's start from Hebrews 12, verse 1. It says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. New Living says, we do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. And in the Amplified, it says, looking away from all that will distract us and focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and perfecter of faith, the first incentive for our belief and the one who brings our faith to maturity. So what am I saying this morning? I'm saying faith comes from Jesus, it ends with Jesus, and everything in between is Jesus. We don't have the power to create faith. We can't manufacture it. We can't force it. Faith is much more than positive thinking. It's much more than confidence. I tell you what faith isn't. Faith isn't a mask. It isn't a bravado. It isn't a pretending that you are not feeling things that you actually are or that you are not going through things that you are. What is faith? Faith is a supernatural spiritual force that is given to us for free. For free. Romans chapter 4 verse 16 says, Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace. Therefore it is of faith that it might be according to grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Faith and grace. Faith and grace. It's really important that we see the link between those two words. 
Faith according to grace. Now, I don't know what your definition of grace is, but bottom line is faith is that. Grace, sorry, is that. It's anything which is given to us from God for free. Not because of who we are, but because of who he is. Not because of what we have done, but because of what he has done for us. And so faith actually is a gift from God. Now, some of you here today, and you are painfully, acutely aware of the fact that you need more faith. Because of stuff that you've been through in recent years. For some of you, it's been a slow squeeze where the faith has just been crushed out of you. For some of you, you it's been a curveball. It's been something out of the blue. It's something that's winded you, that's knocked the stuffing out of you. And, and for you, the idea of more faith means, well, I've got to do more. It means I've got to work more. I've got to, I've got to read my Bible more. I've got, to, I've got to pray more. I've got to confess more. But I want you to know this morning that faith is not something that we work for. There are works of faith, but we don't work for faith. And I want to prophesy today that faith comes. Faith comes. And there are some of you, and there's an area... Oh, maybe you're strong in one area, but really struggling in another. I have family members. I have been praying for my family to come to Jesus for like 40 years. And my mom came to the Lord not long after me. And I thought, great. This is a great start. We're on a roll. But she, she pulled back because basically because of the persecution of my father. But she pulled back. And really, I haven't seen much fruit for the, for the last 40 years. And I have to be honest, there have been some times where my believing in that whole area has been pretty much non-existent. And I don't know about you, I don't know if you've got some, I've got some relatives and it's like, mate, if that's how you feel, you can go to hell. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Just being honest here today, for the sake of someone here who's feeling condemned about your unbelieving, who's feeling ashamed of your unbelieving, God wants you to know that there is no shame in having unbelief. Shame is not the way to deal with your areas of unbelief. Shame is not the way to deal with your areas of, of low faith. And there are people who come in and pull the cloak of shame and, aren't, and, and don't, I'm getting ahead of myself, but I'm really feeling that God wants to set people free in this place today, free to receive fresh faith because faith comes from Jesus. Jesus the author and Jesus the perfecter. It, it isn't about more work because more work adds to the pressure. And the fact is, some of you are experiencing faith fatigue because you've been believing for things over the distance, long term, unanswered prayers, things that still haven't come to pass. You're still believing for that marriage. You're still believing for a marriage. You're still believing for the healing. You're still believing. But because you have not seen any signs, no fruit for your, for your faith, faith can get fatigued. And faith comes from Jesus. And Jesus has never changed. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the Alpha and the Omega. So it doesn't matter how you might feel today. Turn to your neighbour and tell them, don't be ashamed. I love the fact, faith is a grace, it's a gift that we ask for. That we ask for. Some of you today, the, 
the only thing standing between you and your breakthrough of faith, and I mean the breakthrough on the inside of you, is simply to ask. Simply to ask. Because it's free. It's a gift. And not one of us here today are more predisposed or inherently faith-filled than another. It doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what your background is, how old you are, what your history is, what you've done. There's not one of you here today more deserving of faith than another. There's not one of us who within our DNA is more, in, more predisposed to belief than another. Every single one of us, a level playing field. Right now, that, that, that should set some of you free. Some of you have felt like you're in the bottom class, the lower class of the whole faith kingdom. Oh, I could never believe like that one. Oh, I wish I had faith like her. Oh, it's yes, you can. Not because of who you are, but because of who he is. But have you asked? Have you asked? So no one more deserving. Looking unto Jesus. Unto Jesus. Faith is not independent of Jesus. And some of us kind of get ourselves locked up in this kind of, oh, I'm trying to believe and and. I'm going to read the word. Now, the word is important because Jesus is the word, but you're coming to Jesus, not two words on a page. It, it, it's, we, we've got to realize when we're interacting with the word of God, are you reading, expecting him to speak? Are you coming to the word, recognizing that the word is Jesus, the living word is Jesus? They can't be separated. But it's not just about the act of reading more. It's not just about the act of praying. Well, you cannot pray enough to deserve this. You cannot read your Bible enough to deserve it. You cannot be good enough or holy enough to deserve it. Faith comes from Jesus as a gift. There was, um, there was a man in Mark chapter 9. He was a father of, of a, a sick boy who had terrible seizures and these seizures would torment him that he'd be he'd self-harm he'd throw himself into the fire and can you just imagine yourself in in that father's position that your child was so tormented and so sick and so the father was looking for a miracle the father was looking for an answer he took the son to the disciples. I mean, these, had been, these guys have been trained by Jesus, you know. They're the best in the biz. And nothing happened. They prayed and nothing happened. That's a bad day, hey, when you go to the best in the business and nothing happens. But this man gets a chance to talk to Jesus, to Jesus personally. And he cries out to Jesus Mark 9, 23 to 24, Jesus says to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Now, this man made no secret of the fact that he was struggling. Totally on, he declared it before all gathered. He didn't just whisper it to Jesus. He didn't come to Jesus and say, look, I 100% believe. He didn't deny the fact that he was struggling. If I was to be honest, that's the zone I live in most of the time. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. 
And he came and he was honest. And if I'd been there that day, I think I might have been a bit nervous. Because we all know you don't get a miracle on a confession of unbelief. Mate, what are you doing? Like, don't, don't confess unbelief. But he did, openly and honestly, before Jesus. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. And what happens? What happens is he gets a miracle. He's, his son is healed. Now, I find this story fascinating. Because with my spirit-filled, Pentecostal, word of faith background, I would say that's the last way that you're going to get a miracle. But I believe he got a miracle for a number of reasons. Firstly, he was honest. The first step to your miracle is being honest. Where is it in your life that you are battling with unbelief? Because hiding it isn't going to help you. Being in denial about it isn't the road to your miracle. This is the time of authenticity and vulnerability. This is the era in which we live. I'm telling you, the millennials, they're not going to even listen to us if we're not honest. And I think most of us are over any pretend. We want it real. And I want you today to be real with yourself. To be real with your own heart. There are couples here today, families who need to be real. Yes, we believe. But you know what? I'm wavering. I have some double-mindedness here. And because of shame, we hide from Jesus. Because of Shame, we, we, think, we think he doesn't know. He sees it anyway. And he wants us to bring it into the light because that is where we get grace. When we come to Jesus and say, Lord, I believe, the next thing we need to pray is this. It's the most powerful prayer you can pray. Lord, I'm battling in my finances. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. I'm fearing that my business is going to go under. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Oh, my marriage is hardly hanging together. God, I'm hoping we're going to pull through. Lord, I believe, help. Oh, we got a, got a condition. So all you need to be is diagnosed with something for the first time that you've never been diagnosed with before and that strong faith that you had suddenly seems to be under assault because you're walking somewhere you've never walked before, encountering and facing something you've never faced before, having to make decisions you've never faced before and you're wondering, God, God, what do I do? I tell you what you do. Help! Because there is a great, there are some of you here today and you are facing giants, you're facing situations you've never been in before. And God wants you to know that there is a grace to believe what you've never believed before, to see what you've never seen before. But it doesn't come because of your own efforts. It comes by receiving grace, the grace of faith. And I see there's fresh infusions of faith for those of you who don't feel like you can believe anymore. Faith. Faith comes to those who cry for help. I pray courage. Courage to be honest. 
courage to peel off the veneers. Some of you in your walk with Jesus, you don't need to go through a renovation. It's a restoration. It's not about what's added on. It's about what's removed. And I'm seeing wallpaper peeled off the walls of people's lives. We've had a religious veneer where you've tried to walk the walk. You've tried to talk the talk. And from a sincere heart, but, but it is a new day. And God wants us to be real. He wants us to be real first and foremost with him and then secondly with each other. And he wants to set us free from shame. He wants to set us free from false dead works. And he wants us to recognize that he is God and we are not. And for some of you today, that is the best news you're going to hear. God's bringing healing to disappointment today. He's bringing healing to disillusionment. And to those of you who've been looking at each other and saying, is, 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 is this all we're going to get? What about that promise? What about that prophecy? What about that word we stood on? I've got a word for someone here today because I know what it is to be believing for something and for it to absolutely go six feet under with no hope of resurrection. I know what that feels like when you're believing for your loved one to live and they die. I know it is what it is to be believing for something to, to, to be fulfilled and it's not. And the Lord showed me, 1 Corinthians 13 says, prophecies may fail, but love never fails. And I feel for some of you here today, the shift is a back to Jesus. A shift back to Jesus. Are you seeking him before you are seeking your ideal life? Are you seeking him even before you are seeking the fulfillment of your dreams, your visions, your promises, your prophecies? There is a fresh return to the simplicity of following Jesus. Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Can the worship team return, please? Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes. Turn to your neighbor and say, faith comes. If you had have looked for me in the city of Hobart before yesterday afternoon, what time did I land, Marilla? When? Five o'clock? Is that when I landed? I thought it was earlier than that. Maybe four. Thereabouts. Thereabouts. If you'd gone looking for me, you wouldn't have found me. You would not have found me anywhere because I wasn't here. I was in Sydney or somewhere in the air. But then, five o'clock, Vicky comes. Vicky comes. Here she is. I'm here now. I wasn't here before, but I'm here now. And the Word says that faith comes. Just because you don't have faith now doesn't mean it's not going to come. Just because you don't have faith for a thing now. You might say, oh, I'm, I'm not great with believing for healing because you know what it is to experience the disappointment of a loved one not being healed. I'll tell you what, it's one of the biggest things that actually takes out and totally shipwrecks 
people's faith. I can, I've met people over and over again believing for the healing of a loved one and it didn't happen. It has, you can shipwreck your faith. Just because you don't have faith now doesn't mean faith's not going to come. Just because you don't have faith in God now doesn't mean faith isn't going to come. Because faith comes from Jesus. I heard the testimony last night, Mark. So Alicia's hubby. And you experienced that. Faith came. Like, where did that come from? One moment you didn't believe. No Christian heritage. No particular religious tradition in your family. But boom, Jesus came. You had an encounter with Jesus, the author of faith. And I see people here today. And you know what that, you know what that's like. Can anyone relate to that? I know when I gave my life to Jesus, I was 19 years old. I had an Italian Catholic heritage. And I mean Catholic in the sense that it's your nationality, not anything to do with faith. We weren't even Easter and Christmas Catholics. We were just weddings and funerals. That's the only time we turned up to church. There's a 19-year-old on a journey looking for truth, looking for the meaning of life. I was on a quest. Look, I would have said looking for a cause. And I just took myself to church one Christmas day. I'm one of the 1% who responded to newspaper advertising. The statistics will tell you people do not come to church for the first time because of advertising. Generally, it's through relationships. Somebody brings them. That's the truth. But I'm one of the exceptions. And I came to a church very similar to this, actually. And that day I heard a message. It took me by surprise, actually. I was expecting to hear, being Christmas Day, baby Jesus, Mary, Joseph, that kind of message. But the pastor preached from John 10.10 that Jesus came that we would have life and have it more abundantly. And it was like I had an aha moment. The penny dropped. The light turned on. I thought abundant life, abundant life. That's what I'm looking for. I've never been able to articulate it that way. But it wasn't just what I heard that morning. It was what I sensed. It's what I felt. I could feel something different. I could feel something in the atmosphere. As I walked out the doors of that church, the pastor wished me a happy Christmas. And I burst into tears. I didn't understand what was happening. He asked me whether I'd given my heart to Jesus, whether I'd given my life to Christ, something along those lines. I'll be honest, I didn't understand the question. I thought, well, I've been, I've been christened, First Holy Communion, confirmed three times that I know of. So I said, well, I think so. But if you think so and don't know so, probably haven't so. And so that day, the doorstep of that church, he led me in a prayer. He led me in a prayer where really I didn't understand the theology of what I was doing. But in that prayer, all I was simply was opening up my heart and and, and admitting my need for God. You know what? I've got this sense that I'm not meant to do life alone. I've got this sense that even at 19, I've kind of stuffed some things up along the way. And you know, there is something missing. There is an emptiness in my soul. And I'm joining the dots here today. And I'm simply opening up my heart. And if you're real, because I had never, I had seen Jesus on the cross every day of my school education and never ever connected 
Well, I saw with life. Never ever thought, thought, hello Jesus, goodbye life. That's what I thought. And that day I received Jesus. And when you receive Jesus, what many of us don't realise is at that moment we relocate. We change spiritual address. We go from darkness to light, from death to life. So many Christians don't understand what happened at that moment. Something supernatural happened. Spirit of God comes into your spirit. Boom. 1 Corinthians 6.17 says, We become one spirit with God. Not God from a distance. I hate that song with a passion. It's not God from a distance anymore. And there is those, those of you here today, I don't know you all. I, I, I'm not going to assume because you are sitting in a church service on a Sunday morning that all is well with you and God. That you have a relationship with Him. That you know Him. Or that you trust Him. And you might be here this morning and you, you might have been on a journey. and You've never ever prayed that prayer where you've invited Jesus into your heart. Where you've said, Lord, I want you to come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Saviour. You may never ever have prayed that prayer. And today, if that's you, I'm going to give you an opportunity in, in a moment to pray that prayer. Right where you are. So you would know, so you would know, you would know Jesus, not just know about him, but you would know him, to have peace with God. It's an incredible thing. Peace for your future, peace for your eternal future, hope, purpose. Or maybe you're here today, so Vicky, I know what you're talking about. I've prayed that prayer, but maybe you're not living like it anymore. If the truth be told, Something's died on the inside of you. And God wants to resurrect relationship with Him today. He wants to rejuvenate. Whatever's happened, because I know what it is to have the face and yet in my heart to have a lot of doubt, have a lot of disappointment. And some of you here today, God's calling you back, calling you back. Jesus used to be in the driver's seat of your life. You trust Him then. But he moved him out of sight. Maybe he's in the boot. Maybe he kicked him out altogether. He wants to get back. He wants to be back in the centre. Can I ask you all, just for a moment, not as a religious tradition, but I really want you to close your eyes and consider. Consider your spiritual condition. If that's you here today, say, Vicky, I know today, here in August 2019, I want to receive Jesus, whether for the first time or another time. I simply want you to indicate. So, yeah, I want to get right with Him. I want to open up my heart. Take that step of faith. I just want you to shoot up your hand. Say, yeah, give me a wave. I'll recognise your hand. I'll acknowledge you and just ask you to put it down. So if that's you right now, someone down the back, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you down the front here. Yep, sweetie, I can see your hand. Hi, thanks for listening to C3 Hobart Online. We hope you've enjoyed this message. If you'd like to know more, you can find us at c3hobart.org.au.